Hello everyone, this is Rich Sports Talk, Sports Talk that's worth one in a million. I'm your host, Owen Rich, and I am breaking down the 2019 NFL Draft for the New York Giants and what was arguably the most intriguing draft in 2019. A lot of factors in this draft, three first-round picks, a quarterback that the fan base in general has detested. Oh my God, there's a lot to get into here. A lot of the fan reaction I've heard is like, Gettleman's an idiot. He doesn't have a plan. He doesn't understand value. Now there's a lot of good and there's a lot of bad in this draft. I'm going to get to the good. I'm going to save Daniel Jones for last. Um, My thoughts on Daniel Jones about that pick, their first round picks. And just to preface, I'm not giving out a draft grade. I think you can't grade a draft class until three years down the road. It's too hard. I think that you look for, did a team get value? Did a team fill out their needs? And it's a funny draft for the New York Giants. So all I've been hearing is, oh, Gettleman's an idiot. Gettleman doesn't have a plan. And to that, I can see where people are saying that. To where I agree is he doesn't go with the strength of a draft. Last year's draft was all about the quarterbacks. It was a great quarterback class. And it was a class that if you were looking for a future quarterback, that's where you would take one. Instead, they drafted a running back at two overall. This year was not a great quarterback class. It was a great edge rusher class. And even with three first-round picks, the Giants didn't take advantage of that. They did not take advantage of that. And I think that's a big reason why Giant fans are upset is because Gettleman, with Dave Gettleman, less would be more. He needs to talk a lot less. He needs to just keep his mouth shut because when he starts talking and trying to defend himself with these picks, it just doesn't sound right. He didn't know what conference Ohio State's been, even though they've been in the Big Ten for over 100 years, saying they fell in love with Daniel Jones at the Senior Bowl, which is a glorified practice. I mean, it just He just makes it sound worse and worse for himself. But the funny thing is with Dave Gettleman, and before I get into ripping his number two pick last year, which I have done on the show a lot, I will say that there is one thing I have noticed in his first two drafts that he's done very well, which no one's really talking about. And it's kind of funny because I did a breakdown of the New York Jets draft. And to me, these drafts kind of are the opposite of each other. In the sense that the Jets, with Mike McCagnan, they've done a great job of getting value in the first round. That has been McCagnan's strength. Gettleman got great value with Barkley, but he also skipped over quarterbacks last year, which to me are the most important position on the field. And I don't care how great of a running back you have, you need a quarterback in today's NFL. But one thing I noticed is Gettleman's day two and day three, they're really not that bad. In fact, he has more of a plan, and I think he's more comfortable in those spots than, for example, Mike McCagnet. I talked about this on my Jets episode, which was, I didn't agree with the Jets' value. I didn't agree with them not trained back to get more picks. I didn't agree with a lot of the red flags they were going after. But for the Giants, if you took out day one, and you just looked at days two and three, they actually got a lot of very good value, especially in the second to third round. Now, one thing about Gettleman I did not like in this draft was trading back into the first round because I've talked to scouts around the league, and they said the bread and butter of this draft, it was going to be in that day two, early day three, second to fourth round. There was a lot of good football players, and they traded a pick out to get up and get DeAndre Baker. And you look, I love their next two picks after the first round. I love O'Shane Zimes, who I had a 
second round grade as a pass rusher on. They get him in the third round. Julian Love, I had a second round grade on. He's the cornerback from Notre Dame. He went in the second round, and they're going to be two instant contributors to this team, and I think two really good underrated picks. Now, when we get to day three, I do think that that's a lot of will they make the roster. I mean, Slayton, Connolly, Ballantyne, uh, Slayton, Asafo, Aji. I mean, there's a lot of guys you're just hoping they make the roster, but I mean, even I look at last year, you got Will Hernandez, who's a starting good guard. I think he's got a lot of upside in this league in the second round. They got B.J. Hill, who's a nose tackle, could play. And I really like Kyle Laletta last year. I really thought he was a second-round talent. They got him in the fourth round. So Gettleman does do a very good job, I think, in the second to third, fourth, fifth round, where Mike McCadden has struggled with the New York Jets. So that's one thing I think that Gettleman does well is those later-round picks. I think he's struggling with the first round which isn't good when your team has three first-round picks. Now, one thing I did want to get into is the visceral reaction of the Giant fan base before I get to Daniel Jones. Like, a lot of people have been saying, why are Giant fans so upset? Why are they so angry with Dave Gettleman? And to me, it's because David Gettleman, he could be a great politician because he sells you on one thing and does the complete opposite. Just think about this from the Giants fan perspective since the last draft. They had the number two pick in last year's draft in a rich quarterback draft. They didn't get the future to Eli Manning in that draft. They let Sam Darnold fall to the Jets at number three. And by all accounts, Sam Darnold looks pretty good and looks like he's going to be the franchise quarterback for the Jets for the next 10 to 15 years. They also didn't even take calls for that number two pick, and they drafted a running back, Saquon Barkley, who was a generational talent, but even with a generational talent, it didn't help the Giants last year. Just think about the Jets who went up three picks last year. They traded three second-round picks to move up, and it showed this year in their draft. Instead, the Giants took a running back, a great running back, but they didn't even bother to try to have a team trade up to get into the first round to try to get a pick at number two, especially with Sam Darnold still on the board. So this whole season, not only have the Giant fans been hearing from the Jets that thank you for their franchise quarterback, but last year, Gettleman sent a message to this fan base. What was that message? He sent a message that, oh, the year before was a fluke. This is the missing piece to a playoff team. Odell's going to be back. The receivers are going to be healthy. Eli's going to bounce back. We've upgraded the offensive line. We're going to be back in the postseason because when you take a running back at two, you are saying, oh, we're just a missing piece away. That's what Dallas did with Zeke Elliott. Why they draft him early in the draft is because they needed a running back and they felt he was the missing piece, and lo and behold, he was. So, of course, last year comes around and Eli doesn't play well. Odell gets hurt. Saquon is fantastic, but the Giants are terrible once again. Now, this whole offseason, we were hearing from Gettleman. He wasn't going to draft a quarterback unless he felt there was a great quarterback on the board. He also said he didn't sign Odell Beckham to that massive extension just to trade him. And then, of course, a month later, he traded him to Cleveland. Then they also had Landon Collins, a great young building block, who they could have franchise tagged, but they didn't and they let him walk out the door for nothing. They could have at least franchise-tagged him and traded him, maybe at least gotten a draft pick out of it. But no, Landon Collins goes to the Redskins, who, funny enough now, have not only taken the Giants' starting safety, but two of the picks I really like for the Giants in their spots. 
I really like Dwayne Haskins. They took him at 15. I also really like Montez Sweat with number 17 pick as an edge rusher. Washington trade back into the first round to get him. So for the Giants fan, it's been frustrating because not only has Dwayne Haskins, a quarterback that the fan base has actually seen play in the Big Ten, has gone down the road to Washington, but Sam Darnold is in their own stadium in MetLife Stadium in New York and New Jersey. So there's a lot of reasons for the Giant fans to be upset. And especially with that first round, like I said, I think Gettleman is a very good day two, day three GM. But in terms of getting understanding the strength of a draft, he didn't get it. He had a great edge rusher in Josh Allen available at six and passed on him. He had a couple good edge rushers at 17, passed on them. And I just didn't get the value. I mean, De- DeAndre Baker, I had him ranked as my number one corner. But the corners in this draft, they're really round two to four players. There isn't much of a difference between all of them, and they traded back into the first round to get Baker. And then I didn't like the Lawrence pick because they already have a nose tackle in B.J. Hill. They already have value at the nose tackle position. They need a pass rush. They don't have one, and they passed on it. I mean, if you if you could imagine this, they got Sweat and they got Zimenez in this third round. Oh, my God. You have not only one but two great edge rushers you drafted in one draft. So I didn't get the Giants picks. I don't think they understood the value in the first round. I think they did well in the second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth round for value, but the first round they did not get. Which leads me to the elephant in the room, if you please, Daniel Jones. Now, for those of you who are new, I've been on the Daniel Jones train since early last season. I actually do a podcast, and on the podcast, I had said that he was really my first diamond in the rough prospect. And this really came on the heels of Justin Herbert saying that he wasn't coming out in this draft. He was going to stay a year in Oregon. So I was looking at the draft, and I kept saying, really outside of Haskins? Daniel Jones, to me, was on my board the two or the three quarterback in this draft. And here's the reasons why I liked him coming out of Duke. He had a great head coach in college football, which helped him understand the pro game. I thought he was a very smart kid. He was a captain. He played for three seasons. He got a lot of reps in college. But when I said that I thought he was a quarterback to keep an eye on, a lot of people at the time were saying he was a day three pick. And I said, no, 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 he should be an early second round pick. And one of the reasons I was saying this was because I thought he would be a great fit with the New England Patriots. Now, he needs to work on his accuracy, but he's a guy that didn't have a wow arm, but I thought was smart enough, would be willing to sit on the bench for a couple years, and could be a guy that they could develop in the New England system. And he was a better athlete than Tom's in terms of his mobility in the pocket. So when I was looking at him, I was saying, look, this could be an early second-round pick for the New England Patriots. As this process went along, and he had a great pro day, and he had a great combine. I said, he's going to be a late first-round pick, and here's the only reason I said this. I said he's going to be a first-round pick, but I felt he was going to be one of those 29, 30, 31, or 32nd pick for a very important reason, and that's the fifth-year option. We've been seeing this the last couple of year. Quarterbacks who are kind of borderline, a lot of teams that need one will trade back into the first round to get one so they get that coveted fifth-year option. So if they hit, they don't run into a situation like Dak Prescott where they don't have that fifth-year option in the bag. So that is the reason why I thought he'd be a first-round pick. And to be honest with you, 
I'm not a big fan of Kyler Murray. I think he's too small. I think he's a great athlete, great accuracy, but I don't know how he's going to do with the speed of the game. He hasn't done well in the interviews. Just look at the Dan Patrick show. I think you need a vocal leader. I don't think he's done very well in terms of vocalizing leadership. Now, there are quiet leaders. There's a lot of great things people say about him. And to me, I just feel like he's not a guy that's going to take over a room as a quarterback. And more importantly, the one big concern I have with him is actually the baseball. And me might be saying, well, why is that? Well, think about it. He has an option. If it doesn't go well in Arizona the first two or three years, if he doesn't feel like it's it's working out, he can go back to baseball. He is a high-level baseball prospect. So if it doesn't go well for him early, he always has another option. So that was another reason why I wasn't a huge Kyler Murray fan. I thought Haskins was the best quarterback in this draft, but all these quarterbacks, to me, were guys that needed to sit at least a year. They weren't ready to play guys like last year. Even last year with Jackson, I didn't feel like he was ready to play, but he was more ready than anyone in this class because he at least started multiple seasons and played against great competition. And to be honest, he had the athleticism we saw it last year where he could make plays. He didn't have to make 20, 25 throws a game. He could make a lot of plays with his legs early. Now, I think that's going to have to change going forward, but I thought he could come in and at least give a team a spark, which he did in Baltimore. In this class, I don't see a quarterback that really should be playing in 2019. But the problem is, I think for the Giants and the Redskins, they're going to get pressure to put them in. Now, a lot of people saying, well, the value was terrible at six for Daniel Jones. And I agree with that. And I've also heard from a lot of experts saying, well, if you love a quarterback, you have to draft him. And to that, I also agree. But in my mock drafts, if you've watched or listened, I was saying that the Giants should use 17, use one of their layer picks, and move up a couple of spots. So that way they could get the best defensive player at six. Because I know what the Giants are saying. Well, we thought other teams would take him. But here's the problem, though. Haskins was ranked on every board I talked to. He was ranked as a higher prospect than Daniel Jones. And somehow he went past the Bengals in Ohio, who need a future quarterback, and they passed on Haskins. He went past the Dolphins at 13 and landed in the lap of the Redskins. So for everyone saying, oh, you know, like every there is a lot of interest in Daniel Jones, I didn't hear it, and I get the argument that they should get the quarterback with the pick that they had at number six. But to me, the value just doesn't make a lot of sense. And I feel bad for Daniel Jones because I do think he's a very good kid. I think he has a chance to be successful in this league. I think, to me, he's a Ryan Tannehill with a little bit better mobility. But that does concern me in New York because of the playing outdoors in MetLife, playing outdoors in Washington, in Philadelphia. I mean, it's going to be tough laying the season for him. I thought a good situation would be for him to go to either a Southern team or go to a team like New England or they're a team, they rely on a lot of precisions and short throws. And be honest, I thought he'd be a guy you could develop for the three years like Gettleman is talking about and learn behind Tom Brady. But here's the other problem with Gettleman's theory. And this is the big problem I've had with all the comments he has said. This is the biggest one, which is you have to understand the time period we are in in the NFL. The Aaron Rodgers model doesn't work anymore. When I heard him saying, well, Aaron Rodgers sat for three years. Well, here was the thing. Aaron Rodgers also had a Hall of Fame quarterback in front of him, even though the Giants do with Eli. 
But Brett Favre was still playing at a high level. And really, the there was a great story about, and if you look it up on YouTube, uh, on Vayner Media, it was a great story about this, where they talked to the, I believe it was the general manager, the head scout for the Packers, when they were on the clock for Aaron Rodgers, and half the room didn't want Aaron Rodgers. Half the room was just looking for a defensive player, but the problem was all their first-round graded players, they were all gone at 24. And the reason they took Aaron was just because of the value, because he was the only first-round pick at 24, and they actually kept Aaron Rodgers' agent on the phone for seven minutes looking for a trade partner for someone to trade back into the first round at 24, but no calls came. And the other thing, too, is there was no rookie wage scale back then. There's a rookie wage scale. Now, there's two ways to win in the NFL right now. You find a franchise quarterback and you pay him, and then you use the draft to put a cheap roster around him. Or you get a young quarterback on his rookie deal and you pay a lot to surround them with talent. We saw in Seattle. We're seeing it in Los Angeles right now. You saw the teams with young quarterbacks this year. They either invested in the draft or in free agency to put pieces around them, whether it was in Cleveland, whether it was in New York, whether it was in Baltimore, whether it was in Buffalo. That is the plan. And to say, well, we're going to sit the number six pick in the draft on the bench for three years, it makes no sense. And I get, like, if you want to sit him and ease him into the starting role this year, I get it. But Daniel Jones has to be the starter for this team by next season because it does not make sense because you're paying Eli to be a franchise quarterback and his skills are diminishing. It doesn't make sense to draft a quarterback at six. If you want a developmental prospect, take one in the back end of the first round. Take one in the second round. But in today's NFL on the rookie wage scale, you cannot draft a guy at six and just say, well, we're going to sit him for three years. It doesn't make any sense. Because the time clock, it started now for the Giants, for Daniel Jones. I mean, you look at all these teams right now where they have young quarterbacks they feel can pop. They're investing a lot of money in the short term because they're saying, look, we got a short window and then we're going to have to pay them a fortune. I mean, you look at Russell Wilson. He just reset the quarterback market. Basically, if you have a franchise quarterback right now, if you're the Browns, you're the Jets, you're the Bills, in three or four years when you have to pony up the money, bare minimum, it's at least 33, probably 34 million a year, and it probably will be higher than that. So for the Giants, it makes absolutely no sense why you drafted a quarterback at six if he wasn't going to play right away. And to me, that is the biggest problem with the Giants in this draft in the first round is they don't seem to have a plan. And I think that is the biggest frustration for Giant fans right now. This franchise does not have a plan. They're trying to do two things at once. They're trying to be competitive, but at the same time trying to rebuild. And we've seen it work a little bit in the NFL. But if you're drafting a quarterback this high, you're better off going full rebuild and spending money on pieces around him. And it's weird because the Giants keep saying they want to be competitive, yet they trade away Odell Beckham. They let Landon Collins walk. And now they're drafting a young quarterback. But they're still saying they want to be competitive. If anything, the Giants should want to be rebuilding right now. Look at your division. The Eagles are still in Carson Wentz's rookie deal. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys have one more year on his rookie deal. Those two franchises in the next two years, they have a lot of good young talent, but you know what the problem's going to be? They're going to have to pay their franchise quarterbacks a fortune, and they're not going to be able to afford all those talent. 
For the Giants right now, it would be better to take a step back, get young players, see who you can rebuild around, and build a good young nucleus. Because the top two teams in your division, you're not competing with them this year. You're probably not going to compete with them next year. Your goal would be to try to be in Daniel Jones year three to have a good young roster with good building pieces. And if you can get a couple good free agency with the money you save by cutting Eli, that's great because the Eagles and the Cowboys, they're not going to be able to keep everyone. Did you notice how the Cowboys drafted two running backs? They're preparing for if they can't play Zeke because they have to pay Dak. They just played their best pass rusher. They're paying their offensive line. They're not going to be able to afford everyone. The Eagles aren't going to be able to afford everyone when they have to pay Carson Wentz the highest paid contract in the league, and he's going to get there. So for the Giants, they just don't seem to have a plan. They're trying to win now and try to rebuild. And to me, that is the biggest frustration for this Giant fan base is because the front office, they haven't picked a plan. They haven't picked a plan. They went for it last year. It didn't work out. And it looked like they were going to be full rebuild when they moved Odell. But by keeping Eli, not cutting him and saving that money, they're trying to tell their fan base, yeah, well, we're still trying to compete. If anything, give Daniel Jones time. See if he can work this year. Because here's the other thing the Giants, why they need to play Daniel Jones. Because if he isn't working, and if you don't think he's the answer, and you're picking in the top five next year, it's a lot better quarterback class. Because the guy you really want, Justin Herbert, he's going to be available. Tua's going to be available. Fromm's going to be available. It's going to be a great quarterback class. And... I know a lot of people were giving the Cardinals flack for drafting two quarterbacks in the first round back-to-back years. But here's the difference. Next year, that young quarterback could be an upgrade over Daniel Jones. And if you don't play him this year and see what he is, it's not going to make a lot of sense to go into next year and say, well, we got Daniel Jones, we'll start him, when you have a good quarterback class next year. So for the Giants, here's the things I liked about this draft. Very good job in the later rounds. Gettleman, for all the Giants fans bashing him for his first-round picks, and they certainly can do that, he's done a very good job getting good value and getting good building pieces, especially on the offensive, defensive line, and in the front seven, the defense, on day two and day three in the draft. He did a great job in this draft getting value, getting two guys who I'd viewed as second-round picks in the third and fourth round who will start on this defense next year. He got great value there. But once again, the first round has led to a lot of questions where he drafted away from the strength of the draft. Last year was a quarterback class. Didn't get the quarterback, got a running back. This year was a great pass-rushing offensive line draft. Didn't get either in the first round. Instead, got a corner who will have likely been available in the second round, got a nose tackle when they already have two on the roster at 17, basically the Odell pick, and at number six drafted a quarterback who I felt would have been there in the middle of the round and are trying to tell people that he's going to sit for three years when the Aaron Rodgers plan is outdated. It doesn't work anymore, and it doesn't make sense in the new league with the collective bargaining agreement and the rookie wage scale. If you draft a guy that high, he needs to play because you need to surround him with great talent or make the decision to move on quickly because next year it's a great quarterback class, and there's going to be a lot of teams that even if you even if you love Daniel Jones, but if you have a high pick, you're going to get a lot of draft capital, and you're going to get some good building blocks around him. 
So for the Giants, my reaction to this draft, I think they had a good day two and day three. Not so on the first round, but it will be very interesting to see what they do moving forward from here. But this will be the draft that determines Gailman's future. If Daniel Jones is a hit, he could be the general manager for this team for the next decade. If he's a bust, he could be out the door by the end of next year. That's going to do it for this episode of Rich Sports Talk. Make sure to check us out wherever you listen to podcasts and, of course, here on YouTube. Until next time, I'm your host, Nolan Rich, and this is Rich Sports Talk.